0: Tortoise. Hello, I'm Claudia and this is The Sense Maker from Tortoise. One story every day to make sense of the world. And before we begin, this episode contains anti-Semitic language. Today, for almost 20 years, British governments on both the left and the right have tried and failed to ban the Islamist group Hizb ut-Tahrir. Then, last Friday it was made a criminal offence to support or belong to the group. But with the organisation likely to appeal the ban, can the government really make it stick? That's after a short break.
1: I'm Helena Bonham-Carter, and for BBC Radio 4, this is History's Secret Heroes, a new series of rarely heard tales from World War II. They had no idea that she was Britain's top female codebreaker. We'll hear of daring risk-takers.
2: What she was offering to do was to ski in over the high Carpathian Mountains. Of course it was dangerous, but uh, danger was his friend.
1: Subscribe to History's Secret Heroes wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Last November, while peaceful pro-Palestinian marchers walked through London, the Islamist group ut Tahrir organised its own, much smaller rallies. At the Hizbut Tahrir rallies, there were chants of jihad, as well as calls for death to non-believers and death to Jews.
1: Calls for jihad on our streets are not only a threat to the Jewish community, but to our democratic values.
0: The Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, raised the issue in Parliament.
1: We expect the police to take all necessary action to tackle extremism head on.
0: And the head of London's Metropolitan Police, Sir Mark Rowley, was summoned to explain why no one had been arrested. At the time, Scotland Yard pointed out that the word jihad has a number of different interpretations. And while it can mean holy war, the literal and ordinary meaning of it is struggle or effort.
1: We can't enforce taste or decency, but we can enforce the law. The law that we've designed around hate crime and terrorism over recent decades hasn't taken full account of the ability of extremist groups to steer around those laws And those lines probably need redrawing.
0: Both Labour and Conservative governments have tried and failed to ban Hizb ut-Tahrir in the past. But its response to Hamas's attack on Israel brought it back into focus. And now, inviting support for and displaying symbols of Hizb ut-Tahrir in public is a criminal offence.
1: When I was 15, I ended up joining Hizb ut-Tahrir. And I ended up leaving the organisation after being on its national leadership.
0: These days, Rashad Ali works at the Institute for Strategic Dialogue as a resident senior fellow studying extremism. But back when he was a teenager, his Tahrir had taken over his life.
1: It's more important than your careers. It's more important than your university education. It's more important than um, your families. So in that sense, it's, it's very cult-like.
0: His Tahrir started in the 1950s in Jerusalem as a revolutionary political group. It had one main aim, the establishment of a unified Islamic state ruled over by one man, a caliph. Rashad says that on the surface, the message felt quite positive.
1: We're going to remove the influence of capitalism, which is exploiting all our resources. We're going to replace it with a genuine and sincere leadership that uses the massive military capacity, the economic resources, the natural talent of 50-odd Muslim countries to create a singular global Muslim state. That would stop genocides happening, that would stop occupations, that would provide
0: economic resources for everybody.
1: It's a utopia, and I think that it is actually the power of the court.
0: In its early years, Hizbett Tahrir was involved in several coup attempts, but by the late 80s it had adopted a strictly non-violent stance. Still, the organization's stated aim is to encourage the overthrow of governments around the world.
1: They don't believe in the legitimacy of any country. They believe that no diplomatic relations can happen with any Muslim country. You can only take them by force, which means coups and warfare. And they will say things like, even if that means millions of Muslims are killed, they're happy to do so. So you realise the other side of this is dark and the other side of this is totalitarian.
0: At its peak, more than 10,000 people would attend to Tahrir conferences in the Wembley arena. These days in Britain, their following is much smaller and amounts to only around 1,000 individuals. The group has been banned in countries including Germany, Bangladesh and Indonesia. But British governments who tried to curb it previously have been advised it didn't meet the legal criteria because of the organisation's non-violent stance. That was until late last year when the Palestinian branch of ut Tahrir issued a statement welcoming the 7th of October Hamas attack on Israel. And that display of anti-Semitism gave the government what it needed to ban the group for inciting and glorifying terrorism. But that may not be the end of the story. We'll have more after the break.
1: I'm Helena Bonham Carter,
0: His Tahrir plans to challenge the ban in the courts. It's likely to argue that the Palestinian branch of the organisation and any statements it makes are separate to and don't represent the UK wing. That may not wash with the judges, especially given recent comments by senior members of the organisation in Britain.
1: The actions of brave Mujahideen who have been trying to resist this brutal 75-year occupation...
0: We this should... is one of its leaders, Abdul Wahid. They,
1: they gave the enemy a punch on the nose, all right? And and it's a very welcome punch on the nose from the perspective of the Muslim Ummah.
0: Other British members of the group have made anti-Semitic comments and described the October the 7th massacre of more than a 1,000 Israelis as, quote, good news, end quote, egg on the face of the Jewish state. But even if Hizbut Tahrir loses the legal battle, individual members may regroup, which is what's happened in Germany.
1: And so they do do activities, but just not under the name Hizbut Tahrir. And they have all sorts of other front names. And so we may end up in a kind of whack-a-mole, um, banning different front groups. That's a
0: possibility. Whatever happens, on this occasion at least, Britain's intolerance of intolerance has been articulated in law. Thank you for listening to The Sensemaker from Tortoise. This episode was written by Chloe Hajimatheu and mixed by Patricia Clark. Tortoise.